We're your hosts, Dana and Kara, and this is From the Mouths of Babes. Welcome back. We're excited that you've joined us for another episode of From the Mouths of Babes. After we published our social media episode, we were invited to participate in a hashtag give thanks for a week. And one of the things that we expressed gratitude for was our extremely supportive husbands. So we have decided to bring our spouses on to do a little get to know you. So today we happen to have Kara's husband. Your husband. Kara. <laughs> this is Kara. <laughs> Kara, Trevor, Dana, Luke, Sarah, and Bill. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, fellas. Thanks. These are our babes. It takes a special type of man to marry a Dodini girl. We are known for being strong-willed, independent, and opinionated. Plus brilliant. And the best. And beautiful. Don't forget that part. (laughs) True. So to start, we're going to do brief little introductions. Tell us about yourself, men, and then share your version of how you met, how we met each other. My name is Luke. I assume people don't really care a ton about who I, so I'm 30, Dana's husband, and I work for Amazon. And how we met is I talked, you said brief, so I went up and talked to Dana after class in our last semester at BYU, and then she fell in love. What (laughs) class was it? Uh, history of creativity. Oh, see, that says something about uh, you. It guys. was a general class we had to take. Oh, <laughs> Never <laughs> mind. <laughs> and he was not very creative in how he talked to me. His pickup line was, "You look really familiar. Do I know you?" And I said, "I'm from Arizona." And he's like, "Hmm, I'm from California." Anyways, and then he kept talking. And you can't argue with the results. And it worked. <laughs> and it worked. True. Bill, we'd love to hear about you. Yeah, my name is Bill. I'm 40 years old, married to Sarah. We've been married for 17 years, and we met at Purdue University. Uh, the first time I saw Sarah, she was really excited about leaving Purdue and moving on to Chicago, and I thought she was totally out of my league and pretty intimidated by her. The way that we first started talking to each other was we were at a young single adults activity at our church, and she was being cornered by this guy that I could tell she really was not into. And I thought I would do the chivalrous thing and go up and save her by butting into the conversation. That was the beginning of us becoming friends. And then we ended up dating and then we ended up getting married after breaking up and getting back together. My name's Trevor. I'm Kara's husband. I'm 30. I am a pilot for Spirit Airlines. And Kara and I met when we were youth. It kind of, kind of. We were grew up in the same stake, and one day I was I, when I came back from getting my wisdom teeth out, I was high on drugs and messaged her on Facebook, and that kind of started how our how we started talking. Yeah, and then my best friend and he worked at In and Out Burger together, and he asked her on a date, and she said no, but you should ask my friend Kara, <laughs> and so then he called me. So that's how we like really started. No, that was after high school. Yeah, it was after high school. Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah. Thanks, babe. So let's talk about what is it's like to be married to a strong, independent woman. 
<laughs> Trevor's sweating bullets. <laughs> so, well, I, I have a question to ask my husband. You'd think I would have asked him this question because I've heard the story multiple times with him saying, like, that he was intimidated and thought I was out of his league. So what was it that, like, your first impression of me that you thought, like, okay, that could, I mean, you didn't think you wanted to date me. Right, so then what kind of went from maybe, a, I don't know if it was a negative opinion or just a... No, it wasn't necessarily a negative opinion. It was that you just ran in a different circle of friends than I did, and I perceived your circle of friends to be a lot cooler than my circle of friends. <laughs> and so I just thought, well, there's no way on earth that this woman would have any interest in me at all, Right. It just didn't, our paths didn't ever naturally cross. Even though we were at the same church building and we were in the same room a lot of times, we just never interacted with one another. And so I didn't think that there was ever really going to be an opportunity for us to interact until I saw you on that fateful day standing there with that dweebo guy. <laughs> I could tell though. I mean, your body language, you were just standing there going, oh, please, someone... <laughs> Help me out of this situation. It was very uncomfortable. It was very bad. And the guy definitely looked at me like, what? Excuse me, sir. I am in the middle of picking up on this woman. And I could tell that she was not digging it. So oh. I stepped in. How chivalrous. Uh, yeah. Chivalrous. <laughs> a fateful, a fateful decision. And here we are. Oh, gosh. So I think this, because... Kara and I are at the younger end of our family, and so Bill has been a part of our family almost as long as we have. We have older <laughs> siblings that literally their husbands got married before, like Jared married Mattia before David was born. So when you came into the family, what was like your first impressions? Well, I grew up with one sister and our family was pretty low-key and I remember the first time I went over to you guys' house there were five of you at home and I just remember being really overwhelmed because I've never had that much action going on in a house and so I remember like sitting down at dinner and as soon as we started eating Sarah was kind of looking at me like, listen, man, you've got to get yourself some food because if you don't, it will be gone. Like there is no turn taking here. In my family, it was very like, you know, we've, we've made this much food and we're all going to equally portion it out. And in your family, it seemed like it was kind of a, I've made this much food, so get it while you can because it's going away if you don't. So it's just different. I mean, definitely overwhelming very uncomfortable. I remember sitting there just thinking, wow, I've never been around something like this. And so, then, lo and behold, 17 years later, you have, we have five, five children. Yep. yep. And I'm sure other people are like... Coming to our house, like, this is very overwhelming. This is very overwhelming. Absolutely. Every day. See, Luke, I feel like, has the opposite. I mean, maybe he was overwhelmed, but he, Luke comes also from a family of 10. He is the youngest of 10. And so did you feel like you were as overwhelmed as Bill? Uh, no. Not overwhelmed, but <clears throat> yeah, so I'm the youngest of ten, so used to huge families, but our families are very different. 
So my family is seven guys, three girls. The exact opposite of you guys. Seven girls, three guys. So I ha I wasn't used to being around that many women, I would say, and that many outgoing, <laughs> strong-willed personality women. So I wouldn't say I was overwhelmed, but that was different and is still different than my family. It's a different thing, but I think it's it's not worse or better. It's just different. Okay, so what is it like then being married to one of those said strong, opinionated, outgoing women? It's great. <laughs> good answer. Good answer. answer. That, that is correct. You can't answer that any other way. <laughs> so tonight at Thanksgiving dinner, Mom Dodini was talking about her cranberry junk. It's like a, our version of cranberry sauce. Yeah. And she said it was a little sweet, a little sour, and a little bitter. And Bill said, oh, like my wife. Thank you very much. And I started to say, oh, like my wife, too. And oh, Luke, wasn't did, there. Luke was wise and kept his mouth shut. I but... didn't hear it. Like my wife. What? <laughs> all good. Does Dana all apologize? Good. It's because we're all married to strong Dodini women. Yeah. And they all have huge hearts and will fight for the people in their inner circle. If you ever need something done, they're the person to go to. And yeah, they feel very passionately about a lot of things. So they will fight. All right, this is something that like you talked a lot about what it meant to be a Dodini. Yeah, in fact, it was a little weird for me because I went in and I said, you know, I'm in love with your daughter and I would like to have her hand in marriage and I'd like to ask you permission. And it was the weirdest conversation because he kind of glossed over that part and then told me what it meant to marry into the family and what it meant to be a Dodini. And how and I was thinking, no, I'm making her a Burke, <laughs> not I'm marrying into the Dodini family. Why are you telling me this giant story about what it is to be a Dodini? And I mean, obviously at that age, I didn't understand what it meant to get married and how families blend. But I just remember thinking, this is a very long story about <laughs> your family. And I don't feel like it has much relevance to this question I'm asking you. But he did. He, he spent a lot of time talking about how important it was to be a Dodini and what it meant to have a strong family and a strong relationship and to have strong opinions and to really be passionate about things. And totally true. Looking back now, totally true. You, sh you should have ran. <laughs> nope, happy to be here. I think one thing being married to a Dodini, maybe Bill and Trevor think differently so one is it like i was saying it's different than my family so in some cases even though there's certain things i wouldn't do or would think like no don't do that you just kind of like let dana or let dana's family do what dana's family does because that's not what the stoddard family does but that's fine their dodinis are much more involved in each other's lives than my family um and then even outside of how the family interacts just like with you dana like you are obviously strong-willed and have plans and have ideas so I think what I can do and what I try to do is let you do that and support you in doing that the best I can and not hold you back either knowingly or unknowingly. So do you think those characteristics were what attracted you to her or just part? Nah, her face and her body initially. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yeah. uh, of course, of course. <laughs> After that part though. 
you know, after you're like, she's really hot, and then you're like, oh wait, and she is. Yes, I don't think I necessarily noticed it right away. I think maybe I was subconsciously attracted to that. She met my dad a few months after we after we were dating, and that was the first thing my dad mentioned. It was like, wow, she she knows who she is. She is confident in herself. Like he noticed that right away, and I think I noticed that, but didn't pinpoint it as quickly as like when my family met her and noticed that. So yes, I think I definitely was attracted to her. I didn't I didn't feel like I had to like obviously I would try to reinforce like you are awesome, but I don't think she necessarily needed that from me. She knew that even though. Obviously, there are times where you may not feel that. Do you feel like those are good characteristics versus negative characteristics? Confidence? What do you, what characteristics? Strong, <laughs> strong will, knowing what she wants, being more <laughs> driven. Like, are those things that you've always viewed in a positive way or a mixed way or some negative way, too? Positive, I think. Right? <laughs> I don't, yeah. That's fair. I mean, we've been married for longer, right? Twice. I mean, we're... We've only been married once. <laughs> twice as long. Twice, more than twice as long. Three times as long. I mean, yes. 17 years. You know, like, we've been married a lot longer. So, I mean, I think for you, there's probably been times that you really valued those characteristics and other times that you thought, I wish she wasn't as opinionated or driven or... Uh, yeah, so we've always said... Well, we haven't always said this, but the maxim that has developed probably within the last five years, is that Sarah tends to make the bigger decisions and I tend to go along with them. And Sarah is more comfortable with big change and I am more comfortable with continuing in the path that we're on. And so usually Sarah initiates whatever big change is coming and then I am hesitant to engage and then we talk more and more about it and usually we end up at, at some point of compromise. We don't go all in on exactly what your initial idea was, but we also don't stop or not do the thing. So if it was up to me, we would have zero children and we would still live in the same house that we lived in when we were first married. And we'd probably both still have the same jobs. Like I'm just not very good at change. I feel like a lot of where we are is because you have like these plans looking forward that I just don't. Hmm. It's exciting. I like it. That's really <laughs> fascinating because I, I feel like similarly where I have those same qualities as Sarah, but I feel like Luke is better about, you know. <laughs> That's good. You're married to him. <laughs> no, the Luke has pushed me in new ways where he is really adventurous and his mentality is like go 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 when we go on vacation and loves to travel and I love those things too but he has been really good about planning those things so that we actually do those things in our home so I feel like it's a a little bit of a a role reversal which I would be curious to know from our listeners in your own relationships whether it's the woman that drives decisions or whether it's the man that drives decisions it depends on what it is. Trevor's, this, Trevor's probably prompted a lot of the big change. He's more of the, like, like let's move on to the next bigger, best thing, and let's go on a big adventure. And I'm like, but anxiety. I can't. It's like there's so many places. And so he does a lot of the, the groundwork as well to, like, get us to those places and to have the fun. 
Okay, so another question for Bill and Sarah then. Because she is the one that might be receiving, I don't know, an impression to make those big changes, how have you been able to support your wife's intuition? Well, I mean, Sarah's the one that comes up with the big ideas. But in a lot of cases, I end up being the one that kind of helps implement the plan. Sarah usually thinks about big things, but doesn't think about all of the steps that it takes to get to those big things. Sure. And so then we have to kind of sit down and talk about, okay, well, what are the steps that we need to take to accomplish whatever it is that we're setting out to accomplish? So little match. it is a perfect little match. <laughs> Sarah usually initiates the big change, but then together we usually figure out something. And again, I'm still the one that likes to drag my feet and think about it more and she's the one that just wants to go and will plan later. My personality is very all in or all out. Correct. Like, and so if I get excited about something, whether that's a workout program, a diet, a trip, uh, buying a new house, having a kid, <laughs> whatever it is, it's like, let's start with three. Let's do it. Like, if we're going to do it, let's do it. We're all in. But then if I am not that way, then I'm, a, I'm just kind of like a, and then it slowly goes away. Yeah. yeah, and there have been some things that we have changed together. Like, Sarah's not the sole driver of change in our relationship, but, like, when we very first started dating, we both made changes, and I think we kind of grew toward each other. Until you broke up with me. <laughs> no, I think that that was, like, the major the major change, right? I don't know. We We did things differently. We thought of things differently. Sarah had bigger plans than I had for our relationship starting out, and that was too much for me. So, you know, we broke up for a while and vowed to remain friends, and we did. And I, it was really important to me to follow through with that commitment to remain friends. And we were friends, I don't know, we were broken up for maybe six months. But I felt like in those six months, we got to know each other better. We were friends, and that helped our relationship mature a lot more. And then I felt a lot more comfortable being in like a potential marriage dating relationship. We started dating again in November or December, and I think I proposed in March or April. So, I mean, the turnaround was pretty quick. We dated for a long time in our culture. I mean, we dated for a year and a half before we got married, which... For, for our religion is a long time. Yes. But we were both very confident, I think, going into it. Yeah, definitely. I think with your initial question of who, like how do you support your wife or a woman's intuition, I think it's important in all or most relationships, it should be a balance of, like for example, in our relationship, like you are the one pushing and feeling like it's time to have a kid. And in other situations, uh, we haven't had a lot of big like change we've only been married four years but like in certain scenarios it's going to be me that has an impression or a thought like hey we should do this and in other scenarios it's going to be you so i think for both the husband and the wife and whatever it is just giving space for the other person to share and be able to talk about it and not feel like i have exclusive say over any decisions about work like, no, that's still a family thing, and you may get an impression about it. And you don't have exclusive say over all impressions about the children or anything like that. Like, both sides should feel, and both sides should empower each other to talk through the impressions they get and the intuition that they have. 
it's interesting because Bill and I, <clears throat> in addition to you know being spouses, we also run a business together and parent together. So there's a lot of decisions happening, right? Like, and I got into the habit of making just a lot of decisions because they had to be made quickly. And so I think for us, we got into a, a bit of a thing where I just didn't even think to ask anymore. Like, especially with work, like you just, something comes up, you make a decision, let's go. So definitely over the last couple of years of us sitting down and going, whose zone is it? And there are times where we just have different opinions. You know, he wants to go one direction, I want to go a different direction. And we've kind of created zones where ultimately that person gets to make that ultimate decision if we disagree. Hmm. So when it came to kids, especially with our kids with their diagnosis and IEPs and dealing with schools and therapy, that was a world that like I played my trump card to some degree of saying like my degrees in it, I study it, I spend time trying to educate myself and and I'm the one spending more time with our kids. So we negotiate to some degree, but then there are some things where ultimately I make the end call when it comes to that. And with work, ultimately you are the, the head honcho, if you will, in our business. And ultimately I'm gonna let that be your zone because I wanted to transition out of working and being the day-to-day decision maker. And so, like, we've had those kind of at different points in our relationship, but definitely right now of going, okay, that's your zone and this is my zone. And ultimately, we're not going to always agree. And someone has to make the ultimate call if we can't agree. But we try to do a really good job of supporting one another. Definitely. So Sarah will make decisions. Yeah. Sarah will make decisions with regard to the kids that sometimes I don't even know about or I'll find out about. And I'll go, wait, what? (laughs) And, but ultimately, if the decision is made, then I have to get behind it because I'm not going to actively undermine our, our partnership. And so even if I disagree with it and I'll tell you about it and we have lots of discussions about things that we do that you disagree with me or I disagree with you. But at the end of the day, we present a unified front. I would say we've worked really hard to be better at presenting Unified Front. Lots of therapy, (laughs) lots of uh, understanding where Sarah's coming from, um, because I was pretty unaware of a lot of the things that you were feeling. And so it's been really helpful to talk through those things. And and I think that we're really good at supporting one another. So going, going to answering your question about a strong woman, I'm not even sure what that means. Like, I don't know what the phrase means. And I've heard this idea of uh, a woman's intuition, and I also don't know what that means. But I am supportive of Sarah's ideas, and I like a lot of the things that she's done. And Sarah has a really good track record, and so there's no reason to doubt. Hmm. Until I have a not very good track record. It's possible. She could make a bad decision, but I'm still going to support Well, I think that, Bill, you make an interesting point there where I think the reason why those phrases like a woman's intuition even are created or talked about is because for so long women's voices weren't heard. And now that's at the forefront of the feminist movement, which I by all means would say I'm a feminist. I think what women have to say is very important and their voices and stories should be heard. 
but I don't think that it should be at the cost of a man's role either. Right. We were just talking today about how commercials and TV, the man, the husband, whatever, is always the fool. He looks dumb. And I've noticed that too. Even like on Disney Channel, the Disney dad is so dumb, you know, and... And the girl is the smart one, you know, the little girl of the family, or the mom is the smart one. It's like, yeah, we, we are pretty great. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that it's not an equal partnership. Right. And that the man is dumb, you know. Right. Yeah. And I think, so going along with kind of everything you're saying, one thing I thought is it's important for, especially if, with like the Dodini sisters that are strong-willed and outgoing, but even if that's not the case, for a husband and a wife to communicate. So if someone makes a decision, just using an example, someone makes a decision and you didn't feel like that was the right decision and they didn't tell you, like using your example, and you were saying, like, you tell her about it, like, there has to be communication at all levels. So it, maybe there are some things that are like, I disagree with how you handle a situation or something. But if I bottle that up, that's going to do no one any good. And eventually it's just going to... It's going to fester and fester and become a huge issue later. So just communicating like, hey, that I, I don't like that. I don't like that in this situation. We shouldn't do that. Or I didn't like that you made that decision and didn't tell me. Maybe I, I might be fine with the decision, but you didn't tell me. Just communicating both sides, being heard, which I think was something I had to learn. Because um, I think it's really easy to get defensive when you can't, when not get attacked. But just get defensive of your side and then not being open to the other. So long story short communicating with your spouse about all of those things will like i think it's an it's a must yeah it's funny how your kids find your weak spots like it i think your kids start figuring out what you guys what you as parents disagree about so they know which parent to go ask for certain things right <laughs> and so we try to like you know go ask your mom okay well go ask your dad well dad said to go ask mom well mom said to go ask dad or whatever because you know we're trying to be on the same page and there are many times where the kids will come and say mom said it was okay if we have dessert at 10 30 p.m <laughs> and i'll go what <laughs> and i'll go say to her did you say that it was okay to have dessert at 10.30 p.m.? And you'll be like, no, I didn't say that. And, <laughs> and I think the kids know. Sometimes I'm like, know. yes, because I was eating dessert. <laughs> <clears throat> but I think it's, I, you're right, I think that the kids kind of have figured out the best way to, to get what they want. Yeah, right? So that, like, united front, it's definitely good to practice and figure that out until your kids are old enough to figure out when you don't get along. <laughs> and, the... <laughs> and I think, I mean, we only have a one and... We have one and a half years of experience of raising children, but there are more opportunities, I feel like, to disagree once you have children. Oh, because yeah. you have ideas from how you grew up of how thing, how you should parent or how you should discipline or how what you allow and what you don't. So I think there's way more opportunity. And I mean, we've seen that. Way more opportunity to disagree when it has to do with your child because you both feel like you have a quote-unquote right to an opinion, which you do, both of you, you're both parents, but it make, going back to what I said before, like you just have to communicate and talk it out. And we had zero arguments. No arguments. Pre-children. <laughs> like children. literally we zero. <laughs> we would hear about friends that had arguments and we were like, what would they even be arguing about? <laughs> and then we had kids and we were like, oh, okay, now we know what people are arguing about. Because you, like you said, I mean, I come at it with my perspective of two kids in a relatively organized and well-behaved home 
versus ten kids in a fairly chaotic home with lots of strong wills and strong opinions. And you better believe that we're going to parent differently. All right, well, let's play a game. And if you listeners at home, you should write down some of these questions if you want to um, play it at home with your spouse. Yes. Oh, boy. What is one possession of your partners that you never want to see again? I'll start. Oh, boy. (laughs) You picked this out yourself. You just wrapped. The whole point of this whole podcast is like, here's what I'm going to do. This is the only way I'm going to get Luke to give this thing up. I never want to see this. Let's invite him on a podcast. We're halfway through. We debated whether or not we should tell you these questions in advance. We're like, this is so much more exciting. Okay, go ahead. This is good. Okay, no, to guess beforehand. I already have my answer. I think that would be interesting. Well, I don't know actually. You can whisper to me and see if you if he gets. No, no, go ahead. Is there anything that you can think of? Yeah, Luke. You don't want to see. No possession. No, I don't know. I had to think about this because I was like, he doesn't really have like anything that bothers me except. If there were things that you didn't want to see, like actions, I would see. I would. No, like a possession. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That way, I can't think of anything. Okay. Possession. Well, the one thing that I would say is. My mission. Yes. <laughs> my mission statue. I have like a statue that's how how big? Three feet. That's huge. And one of my so I served a mission for my church in Panama, and they made me a. He was a woodworker and made a statue of me. It's about four feet, three feet tall. You put you. it in the of bathroom. You? Yeah, it's a little off-putting when you see it. <laughs> Does it look like it's sentimental? I mean, his face Not is really, a little smushed. but it smushed. says Elder Stoddard on it, so you know it's me. We're going to need to take a picture and add this to the yes. Instagram account, because yeah, I haven't seen this. Yeah. yeah, he put it in the bathroom for a while, like I thought on it'd be the hilarious vanity. When people come in, and yeah, like, and someone did, and they were like, "Um, can you take that out? That's kind of weird." <laughs> You're like watching her pee. <laughs> Right, Trev, do you have something of mine, like a possession of mine? I can't think of anything. Do you have a possession of his? I probably at first got really overwhelmed, but he brought a lot of stuff back from Mexico on his mission. So I probably had stronger opinions, but a lot of them got have gotten broken over the years with kids and playing baseball in the house and things like that. So it's been whittled down to very few. But you, you entered the marriage with a lot of stuff of like growing up with. And we had to go through all of our memories and possessions and whittle them down. We just stuck them in the attic. (laughs) (laughs) We're good about throwing things away now. Her Heelys. You don't want to, like, get rid of her Heelys. I know. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) That provides entertainment. That's true. Well, I know how Bill's going to answer this question. But he can't choose one. He just wants me to get rid of all of the crap I have all over my house. (laughs) Well, actually, I was thinking, like, there's nothing that you have that I, like, don't ever want to see again, right? Like, it's not something that I'm like, please get this out, it just drives me nuts, right? The one thing, though, that I think you and I still have discussions about, and it's not even something that Sarah got, it was something that Sarah wanted, was this ridiculous blue couch that she just fell in love with in person and online, and I didn't like it, and it was like, I reluctantly said yes too late. And it was gone by the time we could go get it. And so Sarah, like to this day, two years later, is still devastated that I we really don't have this. Couch. And I did not like it at all. And I'm glad that we didn't get it. Like I'm I'm I gave in just to be nice, but I am happy that we don't have it. 
Yeah, and I, I kind of teased Bill about his clothes. He, he still has clothes yes. that he wears regularly from high school. There aren't too many people that can still fit into their high school clothes, thank you very much, so I'll keep them. A lot of people grew taller. So. <laughs> That's true. Um, okay, what little thing does your partner do that shows you they care? We're yeah, asking the husband. Start with Trevor. When she brings me in and out burger, I know she really cares about me. Trevor worked at In-N-Out Burger for the, like, when we were first married, too. He went back to work there. And, like, him coming home, the smell of his clothes, this, this was done. And I just don't love it. So, yeah, I do. I know his order. He's a very particular burger order. Yeah, so I, that is my way. That is a love language. Luke? First thing that comes to mind is when... You allow me to watch sports, <laughs> which sounds dumb, but I love sports, and it actually is like an escape mentally for me. Allow you? You make it sound like I don't ever like watch sports. All well, the there are there are only certain sporting events where I feel like it's like I need to watch this. Like a lot of times, I want to watch a lot of different things, but I won't, or I'll watch it on my phone while we watch a different show or okay. something. But like when BYU football is on, or an important Kings game, or a playoff game. She's totally okay with, like, yeah, you can watch it. That's fine. And she'll sit there. I mean, I, I feel like I don't do try. I try not to do that very often, but. No, he's really good about balancing. And I think in general, that is a helpful thing in, for whatever the person's interest is. There has to be some space to let them do that. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a version of self-care for you. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. And especially because I, the reason why I especially appreciate it is that is not Dana's. Like, Dana doesn't like, like, you're fine with it. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you don't, quote, unquote, understand why I'm so passionate about it, but still let me have that, I think is important. And I engage. I participate. You do. And I actually really enjoy it when you're like, oh, what the heck, cousins? Like, you barely know the name. But <laughs> I remember him one time. <laughs> it's a I'm really good at the game names, okay? <laughs> okay, Bill? Uh, so Sarah and I have figured out over years and years and years of talking about these kinds of things. Sarah's love language is food. And if I want to let her know, or if I want to show her that I appreciate her, I find something food related that she really likes. And mine, we figured out, is words of affirmation. And so every once in a while, Sarah will just tell me I'm doing a good job. And it's like, it, it's almost like in a weird time or like almost at random, but it's very sincere. You're doing a really good job Thank on this you. podcast. <laughs> so she'll just kind of stop me in the middle of whatever it is that we're doing, and she'll just go, I really appreciate that you do X or whatever. And it's just that little bit of, like, hey, good job yeah. that makes me go, she understands what I need to hear, and she's willing to, like, do the thing for me that makes me feel good about myself. Instead of, like, yeah. giving me a cupcake or something. Which is usually how I, sh I tell him, I show you how much I love you because I left you the last piece of pie. I thought about that piece of pie all day long, and I still left it there for you. Which is such a great yeah, sacrifice. You need to let me still have it. I just wanted to offer it to you. Trevor and I go back and forth when we're, like, sharing a, a milkshake or something. Be like... I saved the last bite for you. No, I saved the last bite for you. You did, and so we'll go back and forth, like trying to be the nice one. Like, okay, fine. Okay, <laughs> next question. What is your favorite memory from when you 
and your partner were dating. This time we're going to start with keep it PG. Uh, it's dating, so it's all going to be yeah. PG. Can't even get to PG. It's all G. Um, it's hard to think of favorite off the, off the top of my head, so it's just one that I like that comes, that I ha a memory I have that is a special memory. I don't know how long we were dating, maybe a month. Maybe you can correct me, a month and a half. And you were going home, you were leaving my apartment, so we were saying bye, like the long goodbye where you don't want to say bye, so you're just like hugging and kissing, but not really. Anyway, and you, uh, we started dancing in the street. In the parking lot of our complex, we danced for like 25 minutes, maybe. I think actually we broke, we ripped a hole in your overalls. Yes, yes we did. We were really dancing. Yeah. She jumped and wasn't supposed to, I didn't know. <laughs> You, so, miss, you miss that baby lift. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's a fun, that's the first memory that comes to mind that is a fun, special one. That is a good memory. Trevor? Uh, the first one that comes to mind is when Kara knew that I had to go sell roofs in the Arizona heat in the middle of the summer. I was going door to door in the middle of Phoenix. She decided to come with me. And she is the only reason I made money that summer because that was the only sale I made that entire summer <laughs> and she was with me for it. They, and they closed the door on him and then I went and knocked again. I was like, hi. And they were like, oh, oh, this is, oh, this poor girl out in the 4th of July and the 130 degrees. Like, and yeah, that's always how, and that's how he paid for my engagement ring. Yes. Nice. <laughs> Bill? Uh, when Sarah and I were dating, she put together this fantastic dinner with one of her friends and um, they moved like everything out of their apartment into a different room and set up this beautiful dining room table and just really made it look really, really nice. And I'm sure they spent hours and hours and hours getting ready for that. And I just thought, wow, she spent a lot of time on this. She must have really put some effort into this. She must actually really like me. And it made me feel really good. Do any of the girls have ones they want to share? All right. Bill, what Bill loves driving and loves cars, and it was snow. Be your favorite. <laughs> I loved this it. This is the worst. It was, <laughs> so, I think that's when I really realized that, like, I oh was well, in tell love him what you. tell him what happened, and then you can tell him. Um, okay. So he it had snowed, and like there was a parking lot of like fresh snow, and he was like, "Can we go do donuts in the parking lot?" And I was like. Sure, let's do it. So we're like a half an hour. It was not a half an hour. <laughs> it seemed like half an hour. <laughs> we did donuts over and over and over and over again. And finally I told him, like, I'm getting I'm getting a little sick. Like we, we need to call it a night. So we got back to his apartment and I opened the door and puked outside <laughs> the door. <laughs> like right outside my door. And like held it in as long as I could. And he went and got a shovel and cleaned up my puke. Um, what a guy. From right there. And I was like, I, th I think that was, I mean, I'd always liked him. But like that moment, I was like, this guy just cleaned up my puke. You know? <laughs> like, he must what? Me. He must really like me. <laughs> and like, that's the kind of man I want to marry. Like, uh, it was. That is really sweet, but what else were you? Like, are you just going <laughs> to leave it there? Or I could have made her clean it up. I could have been like, that's disgusting. <laughs> I, I, Figure I've your own way home, you weirdo. Like that, so. right. 
One of my favorite memories with Luke was early on when we were dating, I thought of a brilliant plan during Valentine's Day weekend and President's Day to go down to Las Vegas. And I invited all of his friends. And on the way home, we were singing and dancing in the car and telling embarrassing stories. And I just, that's when I was like, oh my gosh, he's so awesome. And he like never would dance or sing in front of people. And so, and he had told me that. But I just remember thinking like, he's so fun. This is so fun. My favorite memory on our first date, the one that ended up happening because my best friend said, no, take care of. We went to a laser tag place. He had graduated high school, but the previous year, uh, kids that graduated came back to homecoming at their high school. And so I went to like homecoming day date with a group and with him. And we went to, we were just planning on going on the day date, but we were in the laser tag room in the dark. And he was like, um, I don't know, this might be lame, but do you want to go to the dance later? It was in the dark, and I was like, are you asking me to homecoming? And I just had never been, like, genuinely asked to a dance before, and the way he asked, he was just so, like, cute about it, and, like, I fell in love with him in the dark of the laser tag, and I knew that I was going to marry him before we even, like, knew each other. I love good old <laughs> laser tag. Okay, we'll do a quick one, and then we'll do a final one. If your partner was to go on a reality show, which one do you think it would be? For sure, oh, wait, hands all down. No, for Luke. Yeah, Easy. yeah. It's... Luke, Survivor, and, and he I would win. win. Jeff Probst, if by chance you are listening. <laughs> any of our, any of our viewers, fifty-one viewers, <laughs> you should all t- t- start tagging Luke and Jeff in the same. Yeah, if anyone has any connections. Oh, I know. You would so be on that. Naked and afraid. No. No. No, that um acapella competition that that used to go on all the time. American Idol? No, it's the acapella <laughs> one, the acapella groups, the one that Pentatonics was on. Oh, oh. sing off this something. Are you a singer? He just is super into uh, acapella, acapella groups. He's always wanted to like be in an acapella oh, me group. Me too. Me too. And I think he would. Yeah, if he had the opportunity to join an acapella group and like perform with it or the Dapper Dance. If Kira could there. be on one, she would be on the British Baking Show. Yeah. <laughs> I do love my Brits. <laughs> I'd be on one of those extreme makeover. <laughs> I know, right? That's true. Yeah. yeah. The old one that the one that they canceled years ago, like Extreme Makeover, like Home Edition, Body Edition, Body Edition of the Swan. It was like all plastic surgery. I'm so about that. Bill, I mean, like, which one would you choose for Bill? Oh, well, his favorite to watch is Beat Bobby Flay. He'd he would love if he could cook something and fight Bobby Flay, (laughs) Bobby Flay, smoking Bobby Flay. Six hours we'll watch. Six hours. Does he smoke a turkey? Yes. I don't know what I would cook, but I would enjoy the experience. (laughs) And probably I'd be like, all right, well, guys, I poured my mini wheats and I put some milk on it. So wait till it's We got about 59 minutes until (laughs) I've already played it. (laughs) Better if you serve it right away. give yourself more time than that. <laughs> would win the <laughs> What situation made you realize that you and your partner are a good match? I don't know if I've realized it yet. That's what makes it so good is all your Bill and I played volleyball together a lot. We played doubles. Yes. And so 
like before we even like dated, we were good friends and hung out a lot, and we were a really good partnership. I just always knew that Trevor and I balanced each other out really well. Like I figured that out right away, that we just were a yin and a yang to each other. And when we would do stuff together, we were just a good little partnership. We're really good at doing things together, except for drilling holes in the wall. It's our worst. <laughs> Still got time. Yeah. <laughs> Eternity to go. We both are bad at that. Yeah. I remember when we went to Utah after, when we were dating, we went to Utah with your family. I think we all crammed into one my of your car. parents' cars. No, car. it was my car. car my yeah. new car. Yeah. And uh, just seeing you interact with your nieces and nephews and... I just knew that we were going to get along. We, I got along with your family really well, and you got along with mine. All right, so that made me think of something earlier that you didn't talk about, of what your first impression of, like, our family. That was my first impression of, was the, it the, like, car? the whole family. I don't know if you guys were in Utah for that. I just remember everyone being really friendly and interested in what I was doing, and I felt loved right away, like, a part of the and everyone was like obsessed with you right away. Like Shireen was like, "Oh, he's good. He's great. He's yeah, the keeper." Everybody liked. Yeah, him. I wasn't stressed at all. Like I loved the family right away. And Lulu would call Uncle Trevor, Uncle Tre Treasure, Treasure, Treasure. We now all call him we Treasure. Are. He is our treasure. Yes, <laughs> our treasure. When is our weddings? The first time you guys were ever around the entire family, like everybody. Yeah. Yes. When you guys got married. Excelia. Yes. We're very rarely all together. Yeah, it's only for weddings, basically. Every once in a while, vacation. Well, did anyone else have anything? What made you realize that you and your partner were a good match? I would say when we would hang out, and A, we would be able to talk for multiple hours. Like, oh, wow, it's been three hours, and all we've been doing is talking. And then the flip side of that, there being silence in me and my brain, not being like, think of something, think of something, think of something. Like, this is awkward, this is awkward. Just, like, being okay with silence. So having both of those, like, okay, that's... For me, it was... Sarah and I were really good at, at... Or we were a good match for one another doing every aspect of our lives. So we enjoyed going to church with one another. We enjoyed being on campus with one another at school. We played sports together and had a lot of fun. We would hang out together, just the two of us, and have a lot of fun. We would go to a party with a lot of our friends and all of us would all get along together and it was just fun. And I noticed Sarah and I were really good with each other in every setting. And there was never a time where I felt like we were mismatched or awkward or weird and it didn't matter what we were doing. I just really looked forward to like spending time with Sarah, wanting to be with her and thinking, this is fun. This is great. Like, we're really good together. That's why we dated for a long time, was because we had to kind of figure out, I had to figure out anyway, <laughs> that we were good in a, lots of social, social situations and lots of different settings. Okay, name one similarity and one difference that you think attracted you to each other. Trevor and I do the Enneagrams, and I'm an eight and he's a two. And so I'm like kind of more aggressive and I'm a protector and he is a helper and seeing that characteristic in him always like helping and serving and taking care of other people was like very endearing and i i 
I I'll stay always stand up for somebody, but I don't always know how to like help them. I, I'm not gonna be the first person to be like, well, let me bake you cookies or do something nice. But like, he's always thoughtful of other people. So I feel like that's different. That and that when we come together, it kind of balances and similarity. I don't know. We were just fun. We were just a hoot together. We just had a blast. He taught me things. I taught him how to drive a stick shift. It was a good time. I would say for Luke, one similarity. Well, actually, I'll start with a difference. Difference was he's more analytical, but something else that when we date, we were dating was I was always a planner. I always wanted to know like what the next step was in our relationship. And he jokes and says this all the time that I was planning our wedding like two weeks into when we were dating. And he's pretty, sure. <laughs> yeah. pretty much just laughed because he's like, that sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, but he always encouraged me to just live in the moment and to enjoy the moment. And so I think that's it's been a good balance in our life where I think of the future and can push us when it comes to making decisions for the future and making plans for our family. But then he's really good about helping us to enjoy the moment, which I love. And then a similarity is. We both really enjoy, like, we're, we're not, like, people who, like, are in your face, want to be centers of attention, but when we have the limelight, we enjoy it, for sure. <laughs> and Luke has always joked that his, like, secret hobby would be, like, being in the theater or dancing and things like that. So that's... Always joked. One time, <laughs> I said, that would have been fun if I was in high school, I, like, did theater or something. And now you use it as like, that's what Luke's always wanted Dana to do. Dana always jokes about it. <laughs> Luke said he would rather do that than sports. No, I did not say that. <laughs> Don't worry. Bill was president of the thespian clubs. <laughs> true. No shame. Very true. But we have been able to do that together, so we do TikTok dances together, and that has been really fun. That you guys are good at it, too. Yeah. I'm really impressed. Check them out on TikTok. <laughs> I was surprised you said you didn't like, or when she said you didn't like to dance in front of people, because now you have a tick. You guys do now you've embraced it. I didn't like to dance in front of people when I didn't know them well. And TikTok doesn't feel like I'm dancing. And then you dance at your wedding too. He no correction. I'm an enigma. He doesn't like when people like expect him to dance or like expect him to sing at karaoke. He wants he wants it to be like spontaneous. Okay, like. I'll go ahead and sing an uh, Usher song, you know. It's, it's kind of like that. Yeah, me and Usher. Confessions part two. <laughs> and now we're going to take That's a break. We're going to sing. We'll be right back with more of Usher. <laughs> Bonus episode. Wait, all we, of us doing can't, karaoke. We can't afford that copyright, so that yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Copy strike. Yeah. Mine is similarities. Uh, I think the competitiveness and athleticism. I think that was something that was very similar with us. When we were younger. When we were younger. We're still competitive. <laughs> Not particularly athletic. athletic anymore. <laughs> That's true. Different. Bill is just more kind and thoughtful and seems like this is the theme. This yeah. is not a theme with the <laughs> girls. I am kind and thoughtful. Thank you very much. I, I am I too. I am thoughtful like, and kind in different ways than Trevor. I mean, I I am the one that like brings cookies or like, can I bring dinner? Or can I do whatever? I am kind and thoughtful, but Bill, Bill in a different way. And I think... Well, I'm probably better at it just within our own relationship, right? Definitely. His ability to say I'm sorry and apologize is an amazing difference that I respect him on. 
It's true. She did mention that in a prior podcast. I work really hard at it. Biggest similarity versus difference. Uh, Sarah already mentioned uh, we're good together because we both are uh, outgoing and we like doing fun things. Biggest difference, though, Sarah, and we talked about this before, she's a big thinker with big plans and big ideas, and I'm just very content to live the life that I live and not get overly excited about big, big changes. And so it, she's just helped me take risks that I never would normally take. I'd say a difference where we balance each other out well, but I am more level-headed. That's probably a bad way to say that. I'm more calm. And I'm better, basically. <laughs> that's the wrong phrase. That's the wrong phrase. I am even keeled in most situations, sometimes which can be annoying, where it's like, let me know what you're thinking and like show some more emotion. True. Um, so she can pull that out of me, and then I can walk her off like being frustrated or like other things. So that's a difference. And similarity, I think similar to what you said, Bill, or maybe it was you, Sarah, we we're both very competitive and we enjoy doing things that are competitive, playing games and sports and things like that. Yeah, I'd say a difference that we have is when there's a conflict, I like to get in front of it and talk about it, mm. whereas Kara likes to withdraw and I have to pull it out of her. Mm. Amen. A similarity that we have is that we're both oddly extroverted and a little introverted at the same time. We like to we get some energy from being in groups, but we also have some gain energy from just being by ourselves together or in not in big groups. Also, sometimes I don't say anything because I just want to. I want to say nice things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't say it was a bad thing. I just no, said it's different. I don't always hold everything in just because I'm wanting to repress things. I just Next don't question. want to say yeah. anything. Cut. <laughs> All right. Thank you for answering those questions. That was fun. Now let's move on to the final portion of our podcast, which is our segment on This Came Out of the Mouth of My Babe, where we tell stories of things that came out of the mouth of our babes. And you can interpret that, whether from your babe spouse or from your babe child. You decide. So the other day, we were both just kind of laying next to each other in bed, like, silent for a long time. And I just was like, um, just so you know, I'm not, like, contemplating anything, like, deep or anything right now. I'm just thinking about Adele and how she was on SNL and how great she was. And I have Adele's song stuck in my head. And he turned to me. He was like, seriously, I'm thinking the same thing <laughs> so coexisting thinking about how awesome Adele was singing two different Adele songs in our head that came out of the mouth of her babe I think the most recent Bill has lots of funny things that come out of his mouth but I, I one of my favorites recently was when um, Dana asked him about being on the podcast and uh, doing an episode about being married to a strong woman and his response was I don't I don't remember <laughs> <laughs> it was I'm not <laughs> you're not a strong woman yes. Yes. bless you Bill okay here's something that came out of the mouth of my babe 
This one isn't recent, but it's just a funny story. So Luke does not swear ever, really. I've never, I've, well, this story he swears, but <laughs> we were playing. Give it away at the beginning. Uh, yeah. Cut. <laughs> Roll it back. <laughs> Luke is very virtuous and lovely and a good and praiseworthy. <laughs> and he does not swear. And one day we were playing on our co-ed softball team. And Luke and I were both playing in the outfield. And we were just kind of laughing and joking together. And then a ball came. And it went really far, like, over his head. And Luke had some expletives come out of his mouth, which I have never heard him swear, ever. And I was dying laughing. I, like, fell on the grass in the middle of the outfield, like, dying laughing. That came out of the mouth of my babe. Can confirm. You were really upset about that ball. Huh? I don't know. It, yeah, I don't know what happened. Why it happened. just happened. Lost your dang oh. mind. <laughs> This isn't necessarily a story, but it's just a funny thing you said. I think it was when we went to Alaska, which was about two and a half years ago, and we were flying there, and you said something. I think we were, like, planning out where to drive one way or the other or something. And you're like, is it? And I was referencing how huge Alaska was. You're like, what? Isn't Alaska, like, the size of Hawaii? And you said, and isn't, isn't, you said, isn't Alaska an island the size of Hawaii? I thought she was kidding. We're still still relatively newly married, so we're still getting to know each other. And I realized, second or two in, oh, you're not kidding. I'm like, are you serious? You're like, I take it back. When I said, said, are you serious, you kind of got that look like, oh, I said something not very smart. She tried to backtrack a little bit, but to her credit, I guess... <laughs> if any can be had out of a on a map, normally like because Alaska is not connected to the United States, it's off on its own. Yes, I get that. Bye, that's Hawaii. why. You, sure, yes. <laughs> that is not a good excuse. <laughs> that is the worst for a, excuse I've ever A thinking it's an island, and B thinking it's the size of Hawaii, where it's like half the size of the United States. She I just and did pause. Dana does class. this thing with these stories because you have other funny ones too. Like you thought Paris was its own country. <laughs> Where now, when I tell the story, it's like this revisionist history where she didn't say that or she said something else. Like, no. One of the things in our marriage is, and you know it, I have a better memory. And these things happen as they say. No, I, I not said. true. Because there are lots of times that we say, we'll check in heaven and I'm right. Well, we'll you check haven't in heaven. Yet. You don't know that. Yeah, we'll check in that heaven. says a lot. We'll check the replay. <laughs> the <laughs> eternal we replay do that highlight all the time. Too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to win a lot of arguments after I die. It's just like cash is in. Like, someday, someday you're going to win. I'm going to die first and just be waiting. Like, I knew it. I was right all along. You're, you're like, get welcome. Here, I'm so happy to see you. Now I've got I've a got list. <laughs> sure, we haven't seen each other in 10 years. But here are, here's our list. Oh, my God. I came with documentation. <laughs> my story is not... Carabay, but one of our children. We were eating Chinese food the last night, and Gavin came up with food already on his plate and asked for a certain kind of chicken. I told him that if he went and sat down and ate the food that was on his plate, he could have more, like he was asking for. So he went away and then came back less than a minute later with a couple of bites gone and said, let's talk about it. <laughs> Shows the plate. Let's talk about it. Well, thanks for joining us on another episode of From the Mouths of Babes. 
We love this community. We would love to hear back from you and have you even comment back and let us know some of the answers that your spouses gave to some of these questions. But we will talk to you next week. Bye, babe. Bye.